Hello, and welcome to the Overcomers Podcast. I am your host, Bridget Brown. I am a licensed clinical social worker, a pastor, and a stage four cancer overcomer. I am a wife, a mom, and a proud Afro-Latina. But most importantly, I am an overcomer. This podcast is not therapy. It's here as a platform to give perspective on my journey and your journey. Please seek your own therapy. Please email me at theovercomerspodcast3 at gmail.com and tell me how this podcast is resonating with you. What topics would you like to um, talk about? And send me your testimonies. I want to hear from you. Hello, my fellow overcomers. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Overcomers Podcast. And we will be continuing our conversation about identifying cycles and patterns. Last week was a bit intense, right? I I would definitely believe it had to have been intense because it was intense for me this week. Um, I have a lot to catch you guys up on. Um, But I came across this uh, statement by Maya Angelou in this book that I am um, picking and nitpicking through called My Grandmother's Hands. And in it, there's a part that says, no man can know where he is going unless he knows exactly where he has been and exactly how he arrived at his present place. I got to say that again and just let that marinate. No man can know where he is going unless he knows exactly where he has been and exactly how he arrived at this present place. Last week, we left off on us sitting in these pits and in these holes that we've, you know, taken a break on. And um, this came up, right? And I, I said, wow, what a perfect intro for this week's podcast because it's important for us not to judge where we are, even with those that tune in every week faithfully. You know, I I honor you for the courage and the bravery that it takes to check in every week and, um, and listen and follow and doing the work. And then you have those that may check in periodically. Listen, I honor the process too for you because I understand that it's very hard to hear and to then apply the very things that we've been fighting with. And then you have the ones that probably haven't even picked up the podcast, but have liked it, have followed it, and are saying to themselves, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna be ready tomorrow or I'm gonna be ready next week. Just the fact that you're in that pre-contemplation place is fine as well. And I honor you even in that because the goal of the podcast is for us to continue to think of the changes that we need to make and then prepare ourselves to do the work. And the doing the work is very, um, uh, it's very difficult. It is. It's very uncomfortable. It's very draining and and it's a constant ongoing process so i i thank all of my listeners for coming in and tuning in 
but we don't know where we are going unless we know where we've been, right? Last episode, I left you all with a couple of questions to reflect on. Why do I feel this way? Where do I feel it in my body? What can I do differently to change my perception of the situation? Why did I tend to react this way and why am I triggered right now? And what lesson am I to get from this situation? And for me, I, I think I'm still stuck at question number three. What can I do differently to change my perception of this situation? I had a whole full circle moment. I, I'm a journaler. I love to journal. I've always journaled. That's kind of been my outlet since I was young because I didn't really trust people. And there was a part of me that really enjoyed to get lost in stories and in reading books and in, in my words. So I was a journaler. And um, I have a lot of my old journals still um, tucked away in, in, a, in a basket that I have in my, in my room. And yesterday I came home, I was so, so heavy, so, so sad, didn't quite understand what, what this trigger was. Cause I felt kind of activated in my body. Right. And I came home and, you know, something just said, just go look through this Cause I felt like I was here before, so I went in and to my old journals. I'm like, what? Well, I don't know exactly what I was looking for, but I was looking. And do you know that I came across a letter that I wrote to my dad when I was 23 years old? I had just recently arrived to Connecticut. Um, it was 2002, exactly 20 years ago. And in this letter, it was a heart love letter that I wrote to my dad. I spoke about how um, at this time he was struggling with his alcoholism. He did have maybe like a year or two of sobriety after that. But at this time, he was still struggling with alcohol. And I was trying to like get him to get better, you know, to show him that I was good And that I didn't mean to move away, but I just really needed to move on from this place that I was waiting for him behind this door of his depression and his um, addiction, uh, waiting for him to open the door. Well, I took myself from physically from that door and I moved, you know, I got married, I moved to Connecticut and I remember this, this moment because it was right before, um, some things within my marriage had came out and right before my, my 18, my now 18 year old was even conceived. Um, this was in, in, in 2002 and I was just writing him this letter about how I was feeling that a lot of the unresolved issues that I was having, um, within my relationship with my father was actually really, um, affecting, um, the expectations and responsibilities that I was putting on my husband. And it was this, um, expression of just opening and being aware of that, of those feelings then. And, and I, I basically said that I wasn't going to 
stay in this space. Um, but I love them, you know, but I had to kind of make a life for myself and move on. Um, and I was hoping that he would, you know, get himself together for himself, but also for us, you know, cause he had daughters and grandkids and I really wanted him to, to just get better. Um, and my full circle moment yesterday when I found this letter was, oh my goodness, I know I said that, but I was still sitting in that space and a lot of my 2022 triggers, right, and my adult life is still connected to this 20 years ago um, situation. And you know, August 15, 2020 for me was a very, um, uh, sensitive day, um, because there were some things that came up, um, from 20 years ago on this day that was another layer, um, for me. And in time, I will, I will share, um, right now I'm still kind of processing through that. So, um, and, and my story is connected to other people, um, stories. And I, I would not want to prematurely share something that, you know, we're, we're not all ready to share at the same time, but just know that that brought me to a very standstill place. So during my week, during this homework, I've learned that I have been stuck in this pit for the last two years. Um, and in the last two years, the reason why I've been stuck is because from the last 20 years and on this journey, we may be sitting in, in our own pits, right? Not wanting to continue and be open and present in our healing, but it's important for us to understand that this is all part of the process. It's important for us to understand that we are still healing. We're still moving and we're still courageous and brave, right? Um, I shared last week that there are levels to our healing on this journey. And the first level is that awareness. Now that I have this awareness within myself that, um, that this, you know, undercover, um, uh, um, uh, hurt and undercover bandages and, 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 um, cuts that I have within myself are from then I, I had a moment of grief and depression this week. And that's the next level, right. Of, of healing within our soul is we grieve. And I was grieving, um, leaving physically from, my dad's house to now my husband's. And then, um, yesterday I was able to see that even though I had physically left emotionally, I was still connected behind that door waiting. Um, and, and that makes sense, right? Because all within my relationships, that scenario shows up for me where I'm always waiting for people to validate. I'm always waiting for people to choose me. I'm always waiting for people to, um, um, 
value what I offer and I do a lot so that I can get that, right? And this is the unpacking that I'm going through within myself is like, wait a second, now that you are aware and you're, you're grieving and giving space for this, right? The, 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 the automatic is those negative thoughts. The motor words are those automatic thoughts. But the new thoughts that I'm creating for myself is that I have to move away from believing the false toxic narrative that I had created and now embrace and create a new narrative so that when I show up in my relationships, I'm not showing up like this little girl victimized behind a door waiting for someone to open, but I'm showing up in my power. I'm taking myself off the shelf and I'm going to walk and and do what I need to do, right? So the next level that that requires is grounding and courage. And and the fourth level is taking back your power, right? So now that you realize that you do have power, now we have to harness that power. We have to embrace that power. We have to live that power in it, which is level five. And then hopefully after this pit experience, we begin to accept our journey. And this is what life looks like, okay? This is this, is this level that we're on right now is we, we realize that we have to accept what was, right? What, where we came from, what we did, the choices that we engaged in, the consequences that came after, and we, we have to accept that. Like, there's no changing that. And I can look back to the 20 years and say, even though that experience is something that I would want to take away, if I take it away, I lose the very life that I have now. And I lose the gift that God gave me um, at that time, the gifts that he gave me at that time. And... I look back to that and it's like, I know I, I, you know, some people say, oh, I regret what I did and I regret that, but I, I can't say that because my changing that is going to erase all the beautiful gifts that came from that. And getting to the point of just accepting is where I'm, I'm at right now. And in accepting, I want to be able to get out of this funk and, and get back into my body and get back into my, my, my spirit and, and live a fulfilling life, not in fear, not in regret, not just dragging myself. And, you know, I want to walk it out, which is that the last level that hopefully we all get through is for us to walk it out. I don't want to live in, in, in a space of not being my full self and not being fully represented. I, um, I realized that I accomplished a lot of things in 20 years. So, you know, others can look at me and say, wow, you, you know, I was, I, I finished school and I obtained my LCSW and I had um, birthed beautiful children and I created many businesses. 
I'm, I'm a grant writer and I wrote many of grants that carried us through um, expanding and bringing awareness to substance use and co-occurring disorders and having um, sober housing established for men and for women and, and helping within the DCF process to mentor young children and teenagers who were at risk. And, and, you know, we, we created this church that, um, birthed so much life, um, within it. And, and, and I, I know I was a police commissioner. I was a community organizer for my, for my city in New Britain, Connecticut. And I was very, like, I've been, with the top of the top and with the low of the lows. And I had all this outward, you know, accolades and people looking up to you and all of that. And all that is great, okay? But when your inside is this wounded little girl sitting behind a door waiting for her dad to open up, and then you show up realizing that I was so busy. I was on every school board meeting. I was the president of many community organizations just to change the um the the trajectory of the direction that the school was going in or that the community was going in for the sake of my kids you know like we were creating a city and creating a school district and creating a a a, a bubble for our children to to feel safe to see the change but even in all of that, even in all of that, that we did, I, I, I lost me in all of that. I lost me in all of that. And, and at 40, going on 43 years old, I can look back and say, all that work that you did outwardly, and I neglected myself. You know, I neglected the inner parts of me. You know, I thank God for my, my new therapist and the the work that I'm doing, even with unpacking a lot of that stuff. You know what I mean? And getting to that place where, you know, I, I had to realize that I had a lot of traumatic experiences and that is okay to, to be aware of that, right? But we don't have to be defined by it. And, but, but we have to be aware of it. Trauma is basically an emotional response to a terrible event. And it could be like an accident. Living in a, in a, in a very unsafe environment creates trauma. Rape, natural disasters like a hurricane, a tornado, or earthquake, you know, things that we really don't have any control of. But trauma can be as simple as neglect, <laughs> right? When when a parent closes their emotional doors to connect with their child and you leave the child alone to figure life out, who can figure out their life at five years old? You know, who can figure their life out at 10 years old, um, at 15 years old, growing up in, in, in a space where neglect is not like physical abuse, right? Or, or, um, it's not like domestic violence where the scars are very evident physically. Um, but neglect and emotional abuse is, is kind of, um, it, it's invisible wound. So all this time I'm like, Oh, that didn't happen to me. I'm not traumatic. I don't have trauma and all that. And then you realize 
Shoot. Yeah, you do. You know, it's my experience. It's my, my, my truth. And, and this is where we all get to. It doesn't matter who validates that or not. I'm learning that I have some childhood blockage, right? And the more open we are with going there, the further back in time we can go to. And that's hard work. And it takes a lot of courage to go into these spaces, being here and looking at who I was showing up in all these relationships is not who I want to be anymore. I have this awareness that I have not been fully honest with who I was when I showed up in my relationships. I was dependent. I was sleeping to who I am. And I was out of alignment. I was in autopilot. It just disconnected, totally out of body, out of mind. And I created this version of me that just doesn't represent who I am right now. This avatar is not who I really am. In cancer, I learned this Bridget. I learned this new Bridget that was just getting to, I was just getting to know her before August 15, 2020 just jolted me back, shifted me right back into autopilot. And, and I let go of her hand. The hand that I let go of was mine, not anyone else's, my hand. I disconnected from me. And this has always been about me being afraid to lose a version of me that died already in cancer. But I'm trying to resurrect her back and it's not working <laughs> because she is gone. And the thing about the cancer journey was that all that was outside symptoms, right? The, the, the cancer was the end of the, the root that, that was still within. It started within. So yeah, I beat cancer. That was just like the, the leaves and the branches of a tree. But the actual root that holds this trunk in is still in need of that healing. So, so what I'm weird. So what I'm dramatic. I'm, and, 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 and when people call me that, it always brings me back to the times that I used to love who I used to be. I remember I stubbed my, my hand when I was like nine, um, it to the door. And when I stubbed my hand to the door, my cousin says, Oh, stop crying. You always crying. Cause I was, I was a crier. I was very emotional, but what that started doing was building this, um, this wall up that I cannot show emotion. So what I started doing was tucking all those emotions in and journaling them and putting them in my books instead of just showing up. But when I showed up, I showed up mean, I showed up tough, I showed up like a fighter. But the real Bridget is really funny. I like to laugh. And that's why my laugh is so dramatic and loud, right? I am very sensitive and 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 I am very intuitive and inquisitive. Um, I, I am very naive to a lot of things still. Um, I'm administrative. I like to make things happen. I'm loving, I'm passionate. Like these are all the qualities that I love, but sometimes these qualities are not really accepted around the types of people that I kind of surrounded myself around. Um, and, and I have to stop making excuses 
for not showing up for myself. I need to take my hand back and say, you know what? You are all of that and your tribe will come. And those that are connected for you are going to connect. And that's the same thing for you. You have to know that all your weird and dramatic qualities are amazing. Like, and you have to embrace that first. And it doesn't matter what others think because this is your truth. You're living out your truth. And, and I was always feeling like I was in a box. Like I couldn't be myself. I couldn't, um, be too emotional, too sensitive. I'm very empathic. So I feel people's energy. I feel people's emotions. And, and what God showed me is that I take that on so that I can intercede and pray for people and just hold space for them. But I'm not supposed to keep it. I'm supposed to release it and, and be refilled by God's spirit again. And then I'm able to give out. And this is like a constant cycle that we have with our life force, right? With our creator is that he fills us and we, when we, we spread it to the world and then we refill again and we spread it again to the world. And this is a gift and I'm okay with my gift. I understand that. And, and even though someone else may not reflect that gift, it's okay. That's what makes you, you thank God that he makes us different. So I understand that what I have inside, I loved it, but I wasn't owning that and standing in my power. Um, I hid them and the older I got, the stronger that desire to break free from these walls are getting it's getting it like I can't even go back. Remember last week I said I feel like a circle going back into a square. I'm breaking at the seams. Are you feeling that same way too? Like am I the only one feeling like I just want to break free like the Hulk? That's how I feel like the Hulk. I feel like I'm about to burst and the real me is about to flow out and I'm going to be exposed. Right. And this is why the podcast came about. It's like I'm finally free of this cover up. I'm finally free of what has kept me in bondage. I'm breaking free from myself and allowing my gifts of sensitivity and prophecy, empathy, advocacy, birthing, manifesting. I'm just letting it come forth and I can't hold back and stay silent because I feel myself opening up to the real person that I was created for. (sighs) I just got to take a breath right there. I was created for this. You are created for this. And you have to know that. I think back to the times that I was silenced and I saw and I heard my spirit speaking to me. And I heard that I I was right. I know that I was right. But people would tell me that I was wrong for that. My intuition, my gut feeling. I knew I wasn't wrong. But... I used to just give in to what people said because I have not yet held in what I believed, right? So other people get that power because that's what we're giving to them. Oh, you, you think that's the direction? Oh, okay. You think that's what I need to do? Oh, okay. But inside, you know, no, I need to go this way. I need to say this. I need to act like this. But you quieted your spirit. I did the same thing. I allowed the opinions of others to quiet me. Even in the church, 
But you know what? That's a whole nother episode on church trauma. I'll get back to that. You know, where the spirit can flow freely in the church. We, we were silenced and I quieted myself because no one around me understood who I was. And I didn't have a mentor that I can just glean off of and, and, and grow with. So I had to learn this process myself. And, and this is why I'm sharing this with you. If you don't have anyone who you can depend on and stand with, listen, I'm standing with you. People who look from outside into the inside, into your situation, don't have the right to, to dictate how you heal. I said this, someone's journey, someone's story, and, 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 and they, they take what you are going through and dictate to you the scenario of the outcome. And that is not true healing. And that's not you showing up with your authentic self. So I'm just validating. I'm supporting you. However, your story looks like I share my story and my experiences. Cause I want to normalize to you that you are not alone. You don't need to look at me and at, at, for all the answers, but I can walk alongside you. I can give you some insight. I can give you some guidance on, on how to do it, but the true work takes you. I know for me, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing this pit. I took my little break, um, but I can't sit here. You know, I got to get back into my, my movements because I've been in frozen, paralyzed state all week. I, I didn't do any exercises. I didn't do any tapping in. I totally dissociated and disconnected, which is my go-to. Um, and I, I need to start shifting even from that because God is enlightening truth to me and I need to shift and, and you need to come to that point, right? You need to have your come to Jesus moment where you are saying to yourself, like, um, I, I kind of need to shift. If you feel like you need more time here, listen again, no judgments. You stay here as long as you need to, but just don't be like me. 20 years later, I'm still in the same emotional space that I was when I wrote that letter to my dad in 2002. This cycle will come and then subside. It will come and then subside. But the point is that you are not to fall off the wave. We got to become surfers and allow ourselves to learn what the lesson is in this wave flow, right? Don't be discouraged with yourself because you are right where you need to be. Who told you that this was not the process? Who told you that this was not the right way? Who told you that you're just wasting your time and that your time here of being stuck is a waste? No, this is a learning curve. This is where we're gaining awareness and insight. This is where we're getting understanding where God is giving us wisdom. Okay, so this is what I have to do. And guess what? Courage is in you already. Remember, I said love is in you. I said joy is in you. The strength is in you already. Self-control is in you already. We are just not activating it all the time. But we are already good. God has already created us fearfully and wonderfully made. He made us 
So you have to care for your healing and the many layers that come with that. You know, I can see that it's complicated even within myself, but our stories may be different, but they're still our stories. And this is what makes us a human race. This is what makes us sensitive to understand empathy and to hold space for people. And you know what? It still affected us. However it affected us, our stories affected us. So now, as we continue to grow and heal, I share my, my process. And, and I, I'm hoping to prompt and ignite in you to do the same. Because healing looks like this, okay? No judgments, no shame here or condemnation. It's just time for us to be honest with ourselves so that we can be honest with others when we show up. Like, you know what? Hello, my name is Bridget Brown. I know that you knew that person, but this is who I've always kind of been. I'm sorry that I misled you. <laughs> I'm sorry that I didn't show up in my fullness. And guess what? You get to choose whether you like this Bridget or not. But even if you decide to leave, I, I stay. I'm going to stay here. And I, I hope you can, you know, embrace me and redefine what this relationship looks like now moving forward. But I can't go back to who I was. And that's okay. Okay? That is totally fine. And that is, uh, again, a, a space for grief and depression to kick in. Even though we were already at the walking it out stage, we might fall back into the grief and depression when we realize that a lot of our friendships and relationships and truths are changing and being redefined. And it's, a, it's fearful, right, to, to see such a long relationship that you've been in um, with, with a friend, with, a, with an intimate partner, and then you realize, like, mm, so all that other stuff we used to do before, yeah, we're not going to do that anymore. <laughs> right? And they get to choose whether or not they they want to start this new journey with you or you know, end things. But we 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 have to stay true to us and and hopefully the 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 outcome for our relationships is that they loved us that much that we can all just continue to grow together and that when their time comes to show up for themselves that, you know, you offer them that same grace and mercy that you are requiring them to give you. And, you know, again, we all get to choose um, our, our processes. So I want to just let you know that we are open, that we are ready to move out of this we are grounded in courage, and all of this matters. All of this is relevant. Um, all of this is painful, but guess what? There is healing even in this awakening. And when, when you awaken to that part of you, you, you can't go back to sleeping. And, and that's where we, we get frustrated with ourselves because we want to go backwards. Take a breath right there. Just take a long breath. 
and commit to walking out of this pit and walking out into your truth and walking out in who you are created to be. But this version of you is is outgrown already. It's important for us to continue to think about what we're going to do next. And the answer is already in you. You're just procrastinating. But I just want to leave you with this. If you need this time to continue to sit in this awareness and you have to listen back to this episode especially, please feel free to do so. Um, I'm, I'm going to check in next week and, and we'll probably keep talking about this because I still feel like there's still some areas where we're all sitting in, in a bit of hesitation because it's a, you know, it's fear-based and we have, we come with a lot of baggage. Um, so I'm going to continue to have you, um, sit with the questions. Where do I feel this? Why do I feel this way? What can I do differently to change my perception of this situation now, right? And why do I tend to react this way? Why am I triggered right now? Write that stuff down. What do you think is the lesson in this situation? Because we don't want to repeat this over again. Sit with these questions on this week. And I just want you to ponder to write it out. You might not have all the answers and that's okay. Um, be patient with yourself, but we do have to acknowledge where we are and we have to make space for that. So we will touch base again next week. Um, I'll continue this identifying patterns um, and, and, and these triggers within us so that we can create a new narrative. If you feel that you need to get some more support, I encourage you to find a therapist and, and sit with these, you know, traumatic experiences that you've had and you've never made space for to unpack, um, and, and continue to ground with your self-care activities that bring you to a place of coming home and not to a, um, a place of staying outside of yourself. If, um, drinking and smoking is something that disconnects you from your body, then maybe that's not a good coping technique, right? Um, and even that is another layer of trauma response that we got to work on. But if you can just sit and do some breathing, um, if you can pray, listen to some, some soft worship, positive music that's going to build up your spirit and build up your soul. Those are the types of exercises that we want to do. Go for a walk. It's getting beautiful outside. Um, let's start putting some movement in. I know I'm, I'm committed. I'm, I'm saying it on air. I am committed to getting back to eating uh, foods that are alive, healthy foods, um, taking out a lot of the crappy dead foods, and putting movement back into my body. And as I say it, I just 
I sit with that because I feel my body getting excited, <laughs> my mind getting excited, like, yes, we're going back to what made us happy, right? Going back to that place and rewriting our narratives so that we can live the life that we want to see in this lifetime. So let's let us hold on to that and I will see you next week. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of the Overcomers Podcast. Please like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the Overcomers Podcast. Until next time, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. And the God of peace himself sanctify you wholly, spirit, soul, and body.